episode. How high are the temperature gauges in Queens? The the field that you've certainly dreamed about, and why the Twindians are a big deal. This is Under Nate Stitches podcast. The Twindians. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. You really like doing those now, huh? I do. It just gives me a reason to sound like a jackass. Yeah. Facts. So. Hey, this is our 10th podcast that we're recording. Yes, this is episode number 10. We've hit double digits. A little over a month. I feel good about that. That's actually really good. Me too, man. And now, hey, we plugged it at the end last time, but we're on, on Apple Podcasts now. We are on Apple. So this is a big deal. It's going to reach our audience even more. If you're listening through Apple or want to start listening through Apple, leave us a review. Give us as many stars as you'd like. Give us some feedback. That would be huge. Please. Hey, leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the podcast. $5 footlongs from Subway. They're not $5 anymore. No, I, I remember them ever being just $5. Well, they never really were, but like... It was a good marketing gimmick, but in my opinion, I think they were always $6. But now, I went to Subway a couple weeks ago, and it was like $8. Wow. You know, I went, um, so I was in Ocean City, Maryland, and Delaware has no tax on a lot of their stuff. So if you buy something for, like, if it's $1.99, it comes up as $1.99. I mean... Delaware is only so big, so like you can really, uh, it's a perk of being there, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all life has its perks, Will, and that's gonna be one of them if you live in Delaware. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening and live in Delaware, let us know. Tell us what else is tax free. You know. Thought I'd plug that. <laughs> all right, so let's hop into baseball. I know I know you're so excited to to do this part. Let's hear it, Will. So, you know, the talk of the town, the talk of baseball, really. Mike Talkman? Hot. What? Mike Talkman, talk of the town? Oh, that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> the talk of baseball right now has been the uh, boys and queens, the orange and blue. Other people call them the Mets. And it's it's pretty crazy what's going on there right now. If you didn't see last night's game against the Nationals, you easily missed out on one of the best games of the year. And the first game that really felt like a postseason game. You know, the Mets, there was a point, fourth inning. They're down 3 nothing. bottom of the fourth. Pete Alonso, it's a two-run shot. Next batter, J.D. Davis, solo shot, ties it up. And the Mets, in the seventh, they lose it again. And the ninth, they give up another run. They're down 6-3. Ninth inning, two runners on. Todd Frazier comes up. Three-run homer off of Sean Doolittle. And then Michael Conforto ends it with the big RBI single. Mm-hmm. They, they came back. And I tell you, City Field, that was the most packed and the most loud it's been since they were in the playoffs in 2015. The atmosphere there, just watching it, was absolutely insane. So I, that, it's just pretty crazy what's going on in Queens right now. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it's really a fluke, but it's definitely something's going the right way. 
I, I really don't know what to say at this point. I'm just kind of like yeah. riding with it. I'm on a high from it. It's going great. Yeah, I watched the end of that game last night. It was really good. Mm-hmm. You were freaking so, out too. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I thought I figured I'd FaceTime you in case it did happen because I had a feeling. And you were way ahead of me though, so you kind of rooted for me. But I'm glad it was good. Yeah, it, yeah. So that said, how legit are the Mets? In your opinion, are they legit? Here's the deal. Yeah, because they've made a lot of moves, but now they got to prove it. Because now they're there. Now they're tied in they're, the they're wild half card. Game. Oh, half game. Right. Okay, they were tied. So now they're half game back. Right. That's my bad. That's my bad. I forgot. I remember looking at that this morning. Um, it's just hard now because now they got to prove it. And I keep saying this to you also. They have a tough schedule coming up. Yeah. And they play the Braves, who haven't been so hot lately. They kind of hit a plateau, but they play them nine more times. And the Braves are scary. They are, but here's the thing. I've told you this enough times. The Mets are at a point now where I think that if they can win two out of three in a series, occasionally slip up and win one out of three, I think they're going to be in a good spot. The Mets don't need to be perfect, yeah, but they can't lose every game. Yeah, you know, and no one's running away with this wild card. So, like, right. I really think that if, as long as the Mets can play, obviously over five hundred, I think they're going to put themselves in a good spot. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that, you know. Once you reach the postseason, if the Mets do reach the postseason and they get past the wild card game, that pitching staff, I don't want to face that in the postseason. I don't pitching care staff? what line. That, that rotation. Yeah, it is DeGrom, scary, man. Stroman Wheeler in the postseason. I don't want to face that. I have said this to you before, though. I do mm-hmm. think the big three in Houston is more scarier to me. Well, obviously, you have three established, been there, done that aces. Yeah. That's a lot scarier. The Mets the Mets have the more youthfulness more youthful mm-hmm. one going. But like no, no, that, that, and for and obviously the Astros are in the American League, so out of the National League, that's definitely really, really good compared to other teams. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So the Mets brought in Joe Panic and Brad Brock. Does that change anything? You know, it really does help, though. Another reliever. Yeah. And help at second base. And the thing about Joe Panic, which is really, really cool, he lives about, well, he went to high school about 15 minutes from me. And now he's back in New York. And I just, I literally opened up Instagram right before the podcast, and the, he posted last night, it feels good to be home, hashtag LFGM. It was pretty cool. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I like both pickups. I think uh, Brad Brock, you know, he's a couple seasons removed from being an all-star reliever. Mm -hmm. He's not having a great year this year. Didn't pitch well with the Cubs, but I think he could maybe find some success down the stretch. And Joe Panic, I like because Robinson Cano is out. So that's a big help at second. Hey, and he got on last night too. Got his first hit in the ninth when it mattered. He did. Now, we kind of talked about the schedule a little bit. Are the playoffs possibility for the Mets who's going to get them there if they if it is a possibility well you said it yourself 
Seth Lugo needs to be the one closing out games. 100%. 100% agree with that. He's, so, yeah. He's the guy right now. He's best reliever in that ballpen far and away. And he's the one you have to trust with the ninth. Don't put Diaz in in the ninth. Uh, everyone from Cincinnati down in that wild card race, I think, is out now. Um, the Giants are only four, and I mean, I can't. We can't count them out yet because if they got hot, if they get hot like they did before, I, I can't really put them. I can't see them coming back. I think they just got lucky at one point. I don't. They they're not a team that has staying power to me. So then, here's a question: Do they regret not trading anyone? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because you could have gotten something for Bumgarner. You could have gotten something for Will Smith. Will Smith. You could have gotten. Those are the two big trade pieces they they had. They had they traded Sam Dyson, which was a smart move. But those yeah. were the two big pieces that everyone was expecting to leave. So. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been in their best interest to trade both, but they're going to bite the bullet on that now. So, so Arizona's only a game and a half back, so it's really those six teams that are in the yeah. hunt, which is kind of scary. But, but. It, and also, the race is just so close, because like I said earlier, no one's taken off. Three teams are a half a game out of it. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. These next couple weeks, especially, because I I can see a couple teams falling out as time goes on. I don't think it's going to be all six teams by the end of this. Oh, definitely not. But I think it's going to get very interesting for a while now. All of these are must-win series, though. Oh, you for can't every- go, you can't have a you can't string together a couple losses. No. Oh no. You can lose, but it can't be in a row. You can lose a game, but then you have to win two. Yeah, it's that simple. You can if you can if a team does that if they can lose one, win two, they're gonna be in the playoffs. If they can do that from here out, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and obviously every team can't do that. So, um, yeah. and, uh, this series against Washington is gonna be real interesting. Yeah, I mean, we, the first game really lived up to the hype. It did. That was awesome. So I'm thinking that tonight could be better. Also, tonight is Hawaiian shirt night at City Field. <laughs> I wish I could go to that. Yeah, that would have been sick. Also, I just want to point out two things. One related to the Mets, one not. One thing related to the Mets. Since we went to our game back on July 25th, the Mets have only lost once. No. So, I'm You're just, welcome, guys. You're welcome. I'm just saying. And also, the second thing is, this just occurred to me as we were going through all that. We never explained why we're recording on a Saturday and why we're going to have an episode out on a Saturday. Yeah. That's um, kind of important because this isn't Monday. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be away all week next week um, without, like anything to record or anything like that. So we usually record on either a Sunday or a Monday. Record on Sunday, post on Monday. We'll record on Monday, post on Monday. But today, because I'm not going to be here the entire week, um, 
we're just going to record today and put it out there today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our plan. So you're going to get a different view of the action. You're not so much getting recapped. You're getting a little bit of a recap and a look ahead as to what's going on right now, too. Yeah, we, we've been trying a couple things. Obviously, a couple podcasts ago, we tried like a recap of every day. Mm-hmm. And then last time we kind of did that, but kind of didn't. We tried to do a little bit less things to talk about a little bit more. But now this time, Will brought up an amazing idea that we just have a few, like a, a couple talking points, but just really dive into them. So whatever you guys think, please let us know. Um, mm-hmm. Ah, we didn't even post. We should have posted questions to put on this one. We should have. We should have. Yeah, but that's that, that. that's fine. That's fine. But. That's fine. Yeah, no, we're gonna. We've been experimenting with different things on the pod, and we're gonna keep doing that until we find something that we like and can work with. So, yeah. so yeah, just let us know, please. Yeah, if you ever want to hear something specific, let us know. Mm-hmm. The DMs are always open. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Speaking about um, are like legit things uh. Boba Shet, man. Hmm. Boba Fett. Star Wars. That should be his player's nickname for the players weekend coming up. Yeah, Boba Fett. It should be. Also, quick note on players weekend. Um, have you seen the jerseys for those? I heard they're fire. Uh, I'm not a giant fan. They're like all white and all black, right? Yeah. But, like, I like how they've done it in years past where it's just color, you know? Yeah. Like, sure, the all black and all white may look cool, but I'm just – I was a big fan of the color because it was a different spin on every jersey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I think what they're doing is because it's all white and all black, now the players, besides their jerseys, can literally wear whatever the hell they want. Yeah, you know? I get that. I, I get that. I I understand where you're going with that, but it all, I think it just takes away a lot more, though, you know? Yeah. Because they do that to promote the Little League World Series. And, you know, those jerseys, the Little League ones, are very colorful, too. Right, right, right. So I, I, I kind of liked where they were going with it. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with these jerseys. Maybe they'll look cool. Maybe the players trick them out. Mm-hmm. We'll see what's going on with that. That's a couple weeks away. So yeah, I'm excited for that. We'll be back by then. We'll be in Oneana talking about that. Wow, that is crazy. Here's the thing. Think about it like this. We have this episode, one more recap episode. Maybe if we want to throw another focus down, we can, but then we're in Oneana. Two more recaps and we're in Oneana. That's awesome. And we're going to be in the same room. It's going to be great. We got to live up to the hype, man. What? Keep piping it up every week. We do. It's going to be worth it. So keep sticking with the podcast if you're listening, like, because it's going to get good. But anyway. Boba Shet. (laughs) Boba Shet. Now that we got back on track here, Boba Shet. Boba Fett. So he was the first. They said this on the Met game last night, and I was, like, mind-blown by this. First player ever to have a double a night for his first nine games. Yeah, that's insane. That's I, I don't know. Like, how? And also, this first, guy's a rookie. First player ever to start his major league career on a nine-game hitting streak. I, don't, I think he got to 10. I think he did. But that's insane. It, 
is Bobachet the next big thing? Only basing it off this small sample. You know, I watched him make a couple fire plays last night too against the Yankees. Like, mm-hmm. this kid is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And think, you know what's awesome too? This series against the Yankees is his first home series. Mm. He started the first so game away. Time. Like that's crazy. And he's just going on a tear. He, he's looking like he's got a great future ahead of him if it all yeah. works out. But um, how? So the big three in Toronto right now: Vlad Jr., Kevin Biggio, and Bo Bichette. How are they going to impact the Blue Jays coming up? When do the Blue Jays start making that turn back around to being 500 and better? You know, it's kind of cool though. It's- the big three, they bat one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. They're they're legit, man. And watching the game last night, it wasn't even like the leadoff. It, it wasn't like the beginning of the game. It was like the fourth or fifth inning. They were like, here comes the big three. And then like, this is watching on Yes. And they showed um, Dante Pichette, Craig Biggio, and Vlad Guerrero. Uh, Vlad Guerrero. It was kind of cool. Like they showed like vintage videos of those three. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, alongside their sons, which is kind of cool. Like, they're like, hey, coming up next inning. And then, yeah, it was pretty cool. But, yeah, um, I think it's going to be huge. Those, they definitely have a nice core right there. Um, Add a little bit more pitching now, and they could really get the ball moving on that organization again. Oh, heck yeah, heck yeah. I think... You know, once these guys figure it all out, I think Vlad Jr. is going to be a guy that you're going to see 40 home runs consistently out of. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Bichette is going to be what Troy Tulowitzki could have been if he stayed mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think Bichette is going to play a lot like his dad did, where he'll hit for a nice average hit, 15, 20 home runs a year. Yeah, he, he's not going to be as hyped up as the first two. He's He's still going to be a very good player, though. Oh, for sure. He's going to be, like, I'm not, he's not so much the better all-around player, but he's going to be, I think, less stre- less streaky, more reliable. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Like, like uh, Jeff McNeil or DJ, where he's not going to be, like, super, super popular like Bo and Fly Jr., but he's just going to be a consistent consistent hitter you know exactly while the other two may go through stretches where they're not hitting anything or they're hitting everything yeah you know that's gonna be that that's gonna be huge you know kevin's been kind of overshadowed too to be honest oh absolutely but he was the first one up of the three right um i'm pretty sure he was the first one up. i think vlad was up first i don't think so i i remember posting about kevin biggio prior I I don't remember off the top of my head, but either way, all three of these guys are going to be big stars of this team, and yeah. this is who you have to build around if you're the Blue Jays. So oh, yeah, wait, wait, do you know when Vlad came up? May. Okay, so Kevin was May 26th. I think, I think we were still in Oneana when he got called up, if I remember correctly. So I do remember talking about him face to face. 
I don't know if yeah. Duke's confirmed, mm. but I can kind of remember that myself. Well, you, I don't know why. Yeah, I think it was Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. That's, that's my bad. Anywho, which one out of the three is going to be the most legit, though? Which one's going to be the guy? I mean, that's that's tough because, like, everyone has been hyping up Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. really hard. And I mean, he hasn't had the greatest year. But his power plays, though. Yes, it does. And obviously what he did in the home run derby, scary, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Bo Bichette, do you think he proved himself already in the think, not even two weeks he's been here? Here's the thing. He's having a great showing to start, but pitchers will figure him out. And the only way that Bobashek can continue to be dominant is if he works and he adjusts himself to what the pitchers do to him next. Because not many pitchers really have a good scattering report on him, unless they faced him in the minors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once the pitchers expose his flaws a little bit, it's going to be about how he adjusts to the pitchers working him differently. You know, speaking of that, um, watching the game last night, they were talking about Aaron Judge and how pitchers have changed their approach on him. Um, Because if you notice this year, he only has like 12 home runs or something like that. Not Didn't even break 20 yet. Um, And obviously, knowing how much power he has, it's kind of crazy how he hasn't... Obviously, he was injured for a while. But even then, his, his slugging is down. His fly ball rate is down. But his uh, speed off the bat is up, and his um, and there was something else. So like, he's having a great year, but just not hitting home runs. And he's they're saying how pitchers are like throwing him differently now. How usually they used to give him a lot of fastballs late in the count, but now Judge is down 0-2, and he's able to take a couple pitches because they throw it out of the zone, and it's not a fastball now. It was just something to think about. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, the, the pitchers will figure out the big-time hitters. Yeah, so that was kind of the same thing. Obviously, Judge hits 52 home runs in his rookie year. Had no idea how to pitch to him yet, and now he only has, like, 14 or something like that. But he's still getting a lot of hits. They're just not home runs. He's changed his approach as the pitchers have changed their approach. That's what you got to do sometimes. you got to adjust to what the pitchers give you and then go from there. Right, so, like, now, obviously, this is – his rookie year, he had an amazing year because pitchers had no idea. Same thing with um, Bo and all the, all these rookies this year having an amazing year. Not to say that they're not going to repeat, but mm-hmm. now when pitchers start to, like, not even just Bo and Vlad, uh, Pete Alonso. Uh, they're like, already all, starting to expose him a little bit. Exactly. So, like, that, that's what happens. Like, your rookie year is always awesome because pitchers really don't know how to pitch you, but then they start to learn how to – how to do their approach differently. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like with Pete Alonso, he's been getting a lot of fastballs up in the zone, and that's where he – that's his thats his problem right now. He'll chase them. Yeah. And they do that. But here's the thing, though. You know, with a pitch like that specifically, you miss you miss the high spot, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And that's what, 
That's what's been saving Pete Alonso a little bit right now. Although the home run he hit last night, did you see that? No, I actually didn't. I got to look that up. Yeah, you got to find this clip because he went down and got it, and you could you could just see how strong he is from this because he went oh, yeah. in the zone and just he's, a, he's strong. Yeah, it was actually insane. But anyway, we got a big, big, big series going on that I don't think is being talked about enough. The Twins and Indians are playing right now. They're in the middle of a four-game set. Mm-hmm. They're tied at the top of the division. The Indians have won the first two games. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago when we were doing a recap, you were like, oh, yeah, the Twins got it locked. I, You know, I pro- it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if I said that. that no, that's, that's not giving you a hard time. Mm. But having an 11-game lead in and June. 11, yeah. <laughs> that really, you know, the All-Star break was about a month ago. So mm-hmm. let's say six weeks ago, the Twins held an 11-game lead. I don't know if that's on account of the Twins letting up a little bit or the Indians just getting hot. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is, too. Because I think the Twins have been exposed a little bit because everyone knows they have the lineup that plays. They have a very powerful lineup. Yeah, all they do is hit home runs. <laughs> but Nelson Cruz is a monster. He is, but he's also hurt right now, too. Yeah. He just got hurt. He's on the IL. But I think, to an extent, their pitching has been exposed, and their defense, too, has really been exposed. They're not a good defensive team. Yeah. But the Indians, you know, sure, they traded away Trevor Bauer, but brought in Puig and Reyes, two very accomplished bats. They still have Kluber. They still have Clevenger. They still have Bieber. Those guys have stepped up. Fleezak mm-hmm. has stepped up, too. I like Bieber him. Bieber is crazy. Mm-hmm. But here, here's the deal. This is a huge series. Obviously, has playoff implications here. Um, but I don't think either of these teams will go far in the playoffs. Um... I agree with that because I think obviously it's going to be whoever plays the Astros is going to have a very tough time with that. Exactly. And and one of these teams will. Yes. And then the other one uh, yeah cuz one of these teams is going to one of one of them's going to be a wild card team. Yep. So that said, well okay, yeah. One of the, one of these teams if they win the wild card game, we'll play the Astros. How about that? Yes. yes. And then the other one will play the Yankees. Or actually, to be honest, though, the Yankees, as of yesterday, I know they lost, so it's probably not the same, but they had the best record in the majors. So they're, they're tied with the Astros right now. They're both either, 76 and 40. Either way, though, one of these teams will play the Astros, one of them will potentially play the Yankees or Astros. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of them is obviously going to the playoffs. The other has to get through the wild card game. Mm-hmm. So, which team gets screwed by playing in the wild card game? Low key, the Twins, man. I would say so too, just because <laughs> they off this year so hot. Yeah. And, it, you know, everyone was like, oh my gosh, the Twins, they're legit, they're here. And they, been doing great and if the dude yeah. they, if they're a team that falls to the wild card game i mean against oakland gonna... and 
here's the thing. Let's say it is Oakland or the Rays. Ooh. I still would really want to pull for an Oakland and Rays wild card game. Yeah. I, that would just be I, – I would love that. Well, but, here's the deal. Obviously, Minnesota and Cleveland are tied at the top. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is in there. Yeah. And then Oakland is a half a game back. Dude. Like – and I, but, I, don't, I don't think I've ever told you this, but, like, my AL team is definitely the A's. Hmm. Because, like, I don't know I've why. I've known that for a while, though, yeah. What? I've known that. Just get, I know you love the A's. Yeah, they're definitely my AL team. I don't know why, but, like, any time they do well, I got really excited. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're half a game out. I mean, Boston's five and a half. I think they're Boston's, done. Boston's done. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> – I don't want to say that as a Yankee fan. I want to hear somebody else say that. <laughs> yeah, but Boston's pitching is not there. You know, I think the sweep by the Yankees last week and just put them away. I'm pretty sure Price is on the IL now, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't buy much stock in the Red Sox right now. I think they're just going to putter their way to 500 and that be that. So it's going to be one of those four. But even, like, obviously it's not as jam-packed as the NL, but it's still four teams. And in both the AL and the NL, there's going to be a team that gets screwed out of the playoffs. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think, you know, like, in the NL, it's kind of, you know, just an open race right now. If you get there, you get there. But with yeah. the AL, I think it's going to be, in some regards, not not entirely, but in some regards, I think the AL will probably be a little bit more competitive because really, there's only one spot open for grabs. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's going to be a lot more competitive. There's less teams and there's really only one spot, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's also crazy. Mm. Um I forgot what I was going to say. Keep talking. Let me try to think of it again. Uh, but, yeah, um, kind of to play <laughs> off the whole wild card thing, which team has more staying power? Which team do you think is just going to be – which team do you think is better built for that postseason run? Honestly, Tampa Bay, in my opinion. Tampa Bay. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. All of these teams, that we, obviously Oakland is known for having a really low budget team and still being able to really compete. Minnesota has been really, really not on it lately. They've lost four in a row. Um, and as we said, you can't string together losses like that, man. No. But Minnesota, I don't. They have the pieces, but they're kind of slowing down now. Mm-hmm. And they have injuries now. And Cleveland, obviously giving up Trevor Bauer. Um, I don't think they have all the pieces there. And not to say Tampa Bay does either, but I feel like they're just... Last year, they made a really insane push, and they almost made it. Yeah. Um, they got Aguilar, and I know you really like that move. I do. Um, Big power bat. They don't have too much in the pen. See, here's how I think the Rays win a wild card game, but they can't go further because of this. But, you know, the Rays are very big on doing the opener. Yeah. You, if the Rays just switch out their pitching, like have a guy go two innings, have a guy go one, have a guy go an inning and a third, you know, keep switching pitchers out, keep yeah. the hitters, like mess up their timing. I think that's how the Rays win a wild card game. I don't yeah. think it's how they win a series, though. 
And honestly, I feel like that's how wildcard games should be played. What, just switch out the pitching? Everything on the line. Oh, yeah. See, I can't get so much behind, like, changing pitchers, but I know it's something the Rays would do. But wildcard games, you know, Yankees have been in a few wildcard games. You know the feeling. The Mets have been in a wildcard game. I know the feeling. So, like, it's a it's a stressful game. Oh, it is. It's especially, one. Especially watching uh, that first one in 2017 when Seve came out of the first inning. Mm-hmm. I was like, crap, man. <laughs> but, like, in that situation, Seve wasn't good. You have to bring in, like, I wouldn't even, me as a coach, if I'm in a wild card game where it's one game to get into playoffs, mm-hmm. if my starter lets, like, bases get loaded without any runs, I'm pulling them and putting a new guy. Like, right. every, everything on the line. Like, even though it's the first inning and it's your starter, it's your ace on the mound. Yeah. Walks the bases loaded to begin the game. He's done. You got to bring in someone new. You have to. You have to. Because you don't want. It was funny. I was just listening to Zach Britton's podcast coming home from vacation yesterday. When the when the Orioles won the wild card game and they didn't bring Zach Britton in. It, that was the one they lost. Oh, lost. Right, right, right. Lost. That was the Blue Jays. Yeah, and that they didn't bring. It was 2016. That's what, okay, that's, yeah. So they lost, didn't bring Zach Britton in that game. Mm-hmm. How can you live with yourself knowing that your best closer did not come into the game in a loss in a wild card game? Like, that's insane. Like, you have to, there, there's no, there was no excuse for him to not come in, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's on the line. So that that's that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a wild card game. I get if you're in a series and it's like the first game of the series, you don't want to blow your bullpen. That's fine. I completely understand that. Mm. But in a one game that decides everything, you have to. You have to bring in everyone you can. Oh, absolutely. Or else you're going to completely regret it. See, now, call me cliche, but best wild card game I watched, man, was Mets Giants. Really? Because it was Cindergard Bumgarner. Yeah. And it was zero zero through eight. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the Mets blew it in the ninth, but let's not get into that right now. But I mean also- the best one I've watched was definitely the Yankees, just because they were losing three nothing. And then again, first inning DD ties it. That was just that was sick. And also, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but do you know what Madison Bumgarner did before the wild card game that year? No. 40 minutes before a game, you know what you know what he had just done? No. The dude woke up from a nap. <laughs> like you want to talk That's about having no nerves? Like having no nerves going into a visitor's ballpark for a wild card game. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to take a nap. Wake up 40 minutes before the game and go outside and stretch." Yeah. So, I remember what I was going to say before and it still applies. Mhm. For a fact, everything's going to come down Game 162, which is sick. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be something that I'm going to be looking forward to. And that's it. Is it, We kind of alluded to this. It's not just going to be one race that does that, you know? Yeah. L has a race, and L has a race. And it's going to go all the way to the end. Or 163. Like, that could happen again this year. If 163 happens, that's going to be, like, insane. That would be so cool. I've always, it hasn't happened yet, but I want to see 
163 happen with a wild card thing because yeah. like just the intricacy of all that just being like this team has to play this team and if this team wins that they're going to wild card you know just all of that having two back-to-back games where you're on the line i want to see that yeah i don't want to see it happen to the mets because that, <laughs> that's gonna be so much stress but like yeah dude i would hate that so much oh i would be stressing out Dude, wow. I remember watching the wild card game last year with you mm-hmm. and Rob and Matt. That was so fun. It was so stressful, though. I was freaking out. I thought we were going to get a noise complaint. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh. Um, we're going to do it all again soon. Yeah. Just, I'm excited, man. I think the Yankees are going to be, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. Until they play Houston. You know, here's the thing, though. I mean, Yankees lost last night, but they won nine in a row prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it was against the Orioles, but they did sweep the Red Sox before that. That was just awesome, dude. I really think I don't know if they. Play, I don't think they play Houston again. Let me look at their schedule with it real quick. But mm-hmm. um, no, they definitely don't play Houston. They're going to play them twice, but. Um, they do have like a shot at possibly getting that one seed in the AL. That's what I really hope so, man. But here's the thing: like, yeah, having the one seed has an, has its advantages to an extent. But if you have to play a team like the Twins or the Indians or the Rays or the A's, I still don't think that's necessarily an easy series, you know? Yeah. Already, this is the Yankees. This is really interesting, actually. Um, so the Yankees finish out the series against uh, Toronto, and then they play the Orioles again in a four-game series. But then they play Cleveland, Oakland, and the Dodgers. Wow. Yeah. This, that's like the first time I feel like the Yankees have had like a difficult stretch in their schedule, honestly. Cleveland, Oakland, the Dodgers, and then they play the Mariners. Mm. And then they play Oakland again at home. Yeah, I, d- I definitely feel like this is going to be an interesting stretch for the Yankees because, you know, to be honest with you, it feels like they're playing the Orioles like once every two weeks. They played a lot against the Orioles in the beginning of the season. Yeah, because um, Gliber would just hit home runs. Yeah. So the end of their season isn't horrible. Uh, they have another four game series in Boston. Mm-hmm. And then they play Detroit, Toronto again, the Angels, Toronto again. And they close up playing the Rangers. So they mm-hmm. kind of have an easy schedule. Toward the, they play the Rays again twice. Mm-hmm. They have an easy end to it. But yeah, these next couple weeks after the Orioles, we're gonna, it's going to be a grind, man. It's going to oh, be yeah. really interesting to see it. Play the Indians, the Athletics, and the Dodgers. Also, kind of <clears throat> to this isn't so much going to apply to the Yankees. It could, but I think they got a playoff spot kind of locked, so it shouldn't apply that much. But yeah. two teams you mentioned, I think, could be playing spoiler in the AL. I think even though the Red Sox are out of it, I still think they could play spoiler. And I oh, also, for sure, I think the Rangers could do a good job of that too. Yeah. I think Rangers, they're, I think, four or five games over 500. They, they're having a good year. They're just out of everything because everyone else is doing so well. Mm-hmm. They're a team, I think, that could play spoiler, though. The Red Sox could get it. I mean, 
the Red Sox play the Yankees that second week of September in a four game. Mm-hmm. I think we'll know by then if the Red Sox are definitely out of it or not. I, they're five and a half out of the wild card. I can't. I right, but we can say them coming we back. We can say for certain if they're out of it or not. Is basically what I'm yeah. saying. Um, There's a very slim chance they get back in it. But obviously, Yankees, Red Sox, they're going to try to give the Yankees a really, really hard time in that four game. Like they're going to treat it as if they're still in it. Oh, absolutely, and as they should. Yeah. So that'll be it. September's going to be a very interesting month. Dude, I'm excited, and we're going to be back for it. We can cover yeah. all of it. Oh yeah, we're going to be able to see it all going on. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. So speaking of the Yankees, one of the coolest news that I saw all week playing at the Field of Dreams next year. Oh, my God. That's going to be really cool. Really, really cool. And obviously, it's not going to be on. I was really worried about it at first. As soon as it launched, I was like, that's that's awesome to get to play there, but I really hope they don't play on the actual field. Or if they do, I hope it's not built up. A bunch mm-hmm. of questions, but they're not playing on the field. They're building a whole separate field that like overlooks the actual movie set, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Oh yeah, that's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be they're gonna seat eight thousand, so it's gonna be a really small crowd. Like that's gonna be as, as it should be though, and it's oh, a night, it's a night game, which is sick, <laughs> dude. It's gonna be. It's going to be one of those games where you just got to tune in and watch it. Yeah. Does, if you're a baseball fan, you have to watch that game. Oh, it's Obviously, not- it makes it so much cooler that my Yankees get to play, but, like, I would watch it no matter what, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. And it, it's against the White Sox, and the White Sox, it counts as their home game, mm-hmm. which is cool, which makes sense. Like, it should be the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, the game's going to be in Iowa. You know, it's close enough. They're probably yeah. the closest team. I in the in the map in my mind, that's how I see it right now, but I could be way off on that. And they should wear throwback jerseys for that game. Ooh. Ooh, Definitely I, the White Sox. Well, I hadn't even thought of that. Yep. <laughs> you just put a thought in my head. I'm a big throwback guy in case and no one's gotten that by this they point. They for sure should wear those jerseys. Oh, dude. They absolutely should. Like the old school white socks ones with like yes. I'm talking like early white socks. Like, yes, you know with like talking? the S and then the O and the X inside the S. Yes. Oh. Wow. I want them to they better do that. Yeah. And it, it's going to be so cool. And so they play that game on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then they have an off day Friday. And then they continue the series in Chicago on Saturday and Sunday, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. That's it, gonna be cool. You know, it's crazy. The players obviously have known about it for a while now. Oh, yeah. Because they had to do all the, the all promos. The, uh, the promos, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So question leading up on that does doing games at these different spots like you know during the little league world series they have a game in williamsport a couple years ago they did an army base uh, fort bragg they did a game does do, how much does this help promote the game is it something that really only makes baseball fans like 
love it even more or does it help acquire a new audience you know definitely a little bit of both i think it's really really like baseball fans watching games happen in williamsport and like all these different spots baseball fans love it like for sure Mm -hmm. this field the dreams one is to me the coolest they've ever done so far this is really cool um but yeah i think it helps really have baseball fans love the game even more that they're doing it all these cool locations mm-hmm. but i could also see like doing a game in mexico city doing a game in england they're trying to promote it to outsiders too oh yeah i know next year the mets and marlins are going to puerto rico for a series that's huge i don't know the dates but i do know that those two teams are going to puerto rico so that's huge yeah oh, there's so baseball in Puerto Rico, there's so many Puerto Rican athletes in baseball. And also, you're pulling the team from Miami to go there, too. Yeah. And that's, you know, Miami's basically Cuba. So, like, yeah, you got a bunch of that going on there. So, that's probably... It was cool when they did it in Cuba, too. Mm-hmm. And also, next year, Cubs-Cardinals are going over to London. And next year is the World Baseball Classic. Dude, I can't wait for that. <laughs> We're going to be at school for that. I can't wait. That's going to be so cool, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to cover that, too. I, I loved that. I, I remember watching it, not last time, which was 2017, right? So I remember watching it in 2014, barely. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's when I would, like, was into baseball, but not to that extent. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it in 2017. It was, like, one of the coolest things. And now having it again, I hope more players, like obviously I get the whole thing, not wanting to play, hurt yourself before the season. But I really hope, like, and I think we've talked about this on the pod before, like Mike Trout doesn't need to do it, but it would be really cool if he did. Oh, yeah. If any country could have a dream team if they wanted. But it's more, this is something you got to do more on a voluntary basis. And also, I'm not... I mean, obviously, you ha- you kind of have to do it during spring training because there's really no other time you can. Yeah. But guys do get hurt. You know, as a Met fan, back in 2017, Seth Lugo pitched great for Puerto Rico, but he got hurt and missed a couple months. Yeah. So, as well, a that's Met always fan, scary. He did that. But, but, like, I would love to see an outfield of, like, Betts, Trout, and Judge. <laughs> that'd be insane. I think Judge and, will do it. To be honest, I think he'll do it. And, you know, when you bring up an outfield like that, you know, obviously, like, that's an outfield you see during an all-star game. But yeah. all-star game obviously does not mean anything. So, like, right. seeing that outfield in a game where it's a legit game, insane. Right. Insane. I, I'm really looking forward to when that's coming around. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. The, I just – I hope more guys do it than they did last time. Um, mm-hmm. Like – Having Tanner Roark be one of your five, I mean, you could do better than that. <laughs> you could, but, you know, I think more so on a pitching side of things, like pitchers don't want to get hurt early on. Right, and I completely I, understand that. I but. really think if a pitcher wants to do the World Baseball Classic, they have to ramp up their pitching routine at least a month earlier. Yeah, which is a lot of work. It is, because that means you really don't have much time off. Yeah, but I that would be so – and I – I really hope Judge does it, and I really think MLB will try to get him to do it. Mm-hmm. One, because 2017, when they last had it, was his rookie year, so obviously he wasn't going to do it then. 
Yeah. Um, but even just to get him, just for one time, one and done, would be so awesome. I, I really think that um, for the World Baseball Classic, I really think you're going to see Aaron Judge and Pete Alonso in the same, line, same lineup. Yep, I agree. I really think so. And do you know how scary that's going to be? <laughs> Dude, I know. Like I said, to get Trout, though, or oh, Mookie. I, I, I really feel like Trout could do it. Me too. I feel like he, if he does it, he's going to just brand him. Even He's going to be Mike Trout. If he does this, will literally be like the Iron Man of all this, you know? I know. Like Captain America, man. Okay. I can't say Captain America because <laughs> he was Captain America. And he's okay. still in my heart. They gave him the nickname Captain America a few years ago in the World Baseball Classic. And I was very close to saying it, but I'm like, no, David Wright's my boy. But, like, the amount of marketing that they can do if uh, Trout, Judge, who, honestly, he's not on the same level as Trout, but he's almost there, in my opinion. Um, I, Maybe not almost there, but... I- he, MLB really tries to put him up. You're too. not going to like what I'm about to say about that, but the only reason they're kind of on the same level is because Judge plays in New York, a much bigger media market. Oh, for but sure. He, he's going to get promoted more. Yeah. So. I mean, he was the first thing that MLB rolled out with the whole Feel of Dreams thing was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to be the recognizable guy in all of it, you know? Right. So. Which is cool. But yeah, no, if they were able to get those those three names... Mookie Betts, because I'm pretty sure Mookie wouldn't play for any other team. I'm pretty sure. He, uh, he would be U.S. Yeah, he would be U.S. Definitely judging Trout. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing on the Field of Dreams thing before we jump to something else. is I just thought of this question. Is this something you think MLB should do yearly, or is this something MLB should do as a one and done? At the Field of Dreams? Yes. I don't know. That's tough. It would be cool to see them do a yearly game there. Mm-hmm. And I I guess if it does really well, they would totally want to do it again there. Yeah. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind if it was a one-and-done thing. I think... Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Do it for what it for what it is, and then, you know. Yeah, I, I think it would be better if it was one-and-done. Yeah. I think it would mean a lot more. Because then eventually you'd be like, oh, they're playing at the Field of Dreams again. You don't want it to lose yeah. its feel, you know? Yeah, and I'll be honest, I already kind of feel that about the London series, even though they've only done it once. Yeah, exactly, because it was a joke. Yeah, so. And I feel the Dreams game shouldn't be a joke, hopefully. I hope it's not. I hope it's a normal game. Like You know what they should do also, what? to be honest? Not they should do a game. Games. What? Not juice the baseballs? Yeah, that. But, like, talking about playing at different ballparks, they should do a game at Double Day. So, they used to do a game at Double Day. They used, this is something that I've, like, looked up and stuff. They, mm-hmm. But the thing with the games at Double Day, they would do them during the season, and they wouldn't count as an actual game. Huh. They're like an exhibition game. And, like, they... Obviously, major leaguers would go, but they didn't have to go. They would call right. guys from minors. So, like, there were games there, but there were never really many during season. Here, here's the thing, though. Like, obviously, 
Little League World Series is hyped up a lot more, and it's a huge thing, mm-hmm. and it's on TV and everything. Yeah. But Field of Dreams in Cooperstown, it's not the same deal, but it kind of is. You get teams from every single state coming to play there the whole summer. Yeah. They could, they could do the whole thing with the Little League World Series and then have a game in Double, play, in double Day and promote Field of Dreams. That would be th- cool. There have been major league. I'm pretty sure Bryce Harper went to Field of Dreams. Um, I know uh, Bellinger is famous in the Little League World Series, but I'm like 99% sure Bryce Harper was uh, Field of Dreams. But see, here's my one thing with that. Like, the Little League World Series is obviously the big ticket. Not Unless you're doing travel ball, not many people genuinely know about Field of Dreams. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I don't know if you can get that much pull behind it. Yeah, so it's like, obviously, it's a big travel thing. I did it as a town thing. It was only people from my town. Mm-hmm. But that's the same thing with Little League World Series, though. I, I know that there were teams in Dreams Park that would only pick 12U players that were around six feet tall and up. Doesn't matter where they were from. And kids would be flown in for the championship game from, like, California to pitch. Like, crazy stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Which obviously doesn't happen if you're only doing it with your hometown, like the Little World Series. Mm-hmm. But it would be cool to promote that, too, and have that. Because it's beautiful. I remember going to a game there with you last year. That was so cool. That was that was a lot of fun. I, I'm excited to do that again. We did that, like, our first week in Oneana. Yeah, which you got it because that's kind of the last week. Remember we saw we saw a kid go oppo too for a whole yeah month. yeah we saw a kid go oppo that was pretty impressive yeah but, so uh, yeah it's just they should do a game there too it'd be fun it'd be or pretty if, cool. if they want to do it around Hall of Fame weekend mm-hmm. to even completely boost everyone in Cooperstown that that's cool. what I really think is when they should do it is like during Hall of Fame weekend yeah that would be insane. Have a bunch of Hall of Famers at the game. I think that would be awesome. That would be really cool, too, yeah. But all right, we got one more little thing we're going to wrap up on. Not so much of what's going on, but what could be going on. And that is, the season ended today. Who are we giving awards to? Yeah. I mean, I feel like now... The whole MVP Cy Young Rookie of the Year is kind of closing in on the guys who are probably going to get it. I can't get behind that. Not for sure, but like less of a crapshoot. Yes, there we go. That's the word I was looking for. It's you know narrow- what I'm saying? Yeah, it's narrowing, narrowing down. Yeah, but there's still a lot of question marks. Oh, definitely for sure. But it's not as big as it was a couple of months ago. We're like, wow, all these guys are like really, really good. You know. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into it. Yeah. AL MVP. Who do you think is going to win the AL MVP? I mean, easily Trout. Mm. But I don't want to disregard what T.J. LeMahieu's doing this year. Because mm-hmm. um, he, he's having an amazing year this year. Yeah. Um, and people saying, hey, it'll be Trout or D.J. I don't think it'll be T.J. LeMahieu just because Trout is – Playing out of his mind this year. Trout's on pace to have over 50 home runs. Yeah, so. which is... And then if he does that, obviously it's his. Yeah. Um, but just to, to have a runner-up, I think it would be DJ LeMayu. 
Yeah, I think DJ's going to finish top three, probably mm-hmm. maybe second. Can't give it to him first. It's I think it's Trout all the way. Yeah, I can't give it to him first either, but... Mm-hmm. But DJ does have a very commanding lead over the batting title. Yeah, so for sure. He's got that, so... Which but is now, good for him, then. NL. It's going to come down to two guys. Which, man, I really... I can't even tell you who. Because every time Yellow hits a home run to take the home run lead, Bellinger, hey, hold my beer. I'll have two more home runs the next night, you know? like I just want to mention... There's one guy in between them, and his name is Pete Alonzo now. Because really? he's at 38, Yelich is at 39. Right. Yelich at 36. For the home run race. Yeah. What's Alonzo, Trout at? What? What's Trout at? Trout is at 38, I want to say. Yeah, so they're all right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, MVP-wise, I think it's – here's the thing. Both of them are going to have very high home run numbers. I just think it comes down to whoever has the highest batting average between those two. Yep. Whoever can put up more of a triple crown type season without winning a triple crown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And honestly, if I really had to pick one today, Mm -hmm. I would give it... I want to say Bellinger. I'm giving it to Bellinger. Yeah. That's where my... If it ended today, I'm giving it to Bellinger. But... For Christian Yelich to put up back-to-back MVP seasons. What a slap MVP. in the face to the Marlins. I know. <laughs> After that, that's got to hurt. <laughs> F in the chat. <laughs> so, Cy Young, AL. Who this is hard, it? too. I think it's going to one team specifically, just who on that team. Yeah. I know uh, you I know you're not a fan of that one, but... Uh, no, but I, I'm i not a fan of it, but it, it's obviously going to happen. And I'm not mad. It's going to be Verlander or Cole. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i going to give it... I'm going to give it to Cole. Unless... Too, and I said that to you, too. Unless Justin Verlander just goes on some kind of tear. Yeah. And really puts up some big games at the end of the season. But Cole was the first one. Obviously, Cole has a little bit more of an ERA, mm-hmm. but he was the first one to hit 200 Ks. Yeah. And Verlander was right behind him, though. That's the thing. Yeah. He was right behind him. But also, and I, for, I haven't brought this up with you yet, but this made sense to me the other day. I was watching MLB Network, and they were talking about how these guys just go to the Astros and somehow get good. And I know we talked about that. Yes. And they said something that made a lot of sense to me. They, The reason why they get good is that, you know, the Astros, they're pretty evolved in scouting and what guys should be doing. You know, they're big on watching film and all this stuff. They have guys throw pitches, their most successful pitches, much more than they ever have. Yeah. They, 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 want, to have, they want these guys to throw the pitches that break. And they yeah. want to just throw that consistently. I mean, and look at Garrett Cole's curveball or slider. I forget what it is, but how tight that pitch is. Yeah, they want them to perfect those types of pitches, and that's why <clears throat> these Astro pitchers have built up so much success. Because they're, what, fo- they're focusing in on one pitch, and that's why they're winning. You know what it is, too? It's like going to a team, like, say, 
like take the Yankees for example. Aaron Judge has been putting up a lot of home runs this year. He has about eight of the guys who can put up twenty home runs. So yeah. the stress level isn't there. Same thing with the Astros though. Having Cole and Verlander and now Granky on the same team, mm. they don't need to be one of them. Doesn't need to be the ace, you know. They're like, oh yeah. wow, there's two other aces on this staff. Relieves the pressure of having to perform every single time, you know. Also, let's or keep being the guy. Let's keep in mind too, Wade Miley. His ERA is sitting around a three. He's having a good year, he and I, I really year. think Aaron Sanchez is going to rebound big time in Houston. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, he they, he was the guy they were talking about specifically with like throwing these pitches more, mm-hmm. and they just said that. His, I think it was either his two-seamer or sinker or something that breaks in, he threw for like 40% of the game. And that's just crazy. And that's why he was doing so well, because he focused in on one pitch. And he's going to be a pen guy come playoffs, too. But I can't get behind that yet, just because if he rattles off a great August and September, I think Wade Miley's going in. Okay. But here's another question. In, if I had the big three like the Astros do, I would only have three pitchers. And For a five-game five series, I would do that. For a seven-game, I'd get it too. Like, maybe you want that fourth guy. I, I just think it comes down to what is the situation. Right. If, if it's a seven-game series and the Astros are up 3 nothing. I'm going to throw Wade Miley or Aaron Sanchez. Oh, yeah, for sure. If the Astros are 3-2, I'm throwing one of the better guys. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's that simple. You know, they have the room to mess around and play with what they want. Yeah. So. All right, the but, NL now. This is actually really hard. It is. Um, obviously, I, you want to say Ryu because he's – insane this year but he's hurt he is hurt and i think that's gonna hurt him but then if he's hurt it there's no clear-cut second place guy no and you know we kind of talked about this a couple episodes ago al levins right i believe so yeah i believe so if if jacob Degrom would be the guy and he obviously doesn't have the wins but he's up there in strikeouts. He's pitching to a 277 ERA, which isn't his number. It's a whole run higher than his ERA last year, but this is a 277 is nothing to mess around with. That's still really good. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, we're talking about Garrett Cole winning it, and he's around a three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so... I think the only way DeGrom wins is if the Mets stay hot and he helps ride off this success. Yeah, and another guy that could be in it is Mike Soroka of the Braves. Mm-hmm. He's got a two four five ERA, and I think he might be like ten and two or something or something around there. He's pitching really well. Yeah, but he's—I don't even think he has a hundred strikeouts yet. He's at like ninety three, ninety four. I looked his stats up earlier. And that's what I saw. So he's not overpowering, but he's pitching well. So it's going to be – the NL is going to be such a crapshoot, especially with Ryu being down. Yeah. So that – but if I had to give it to someone today, gosh. I 
Today I'll give it to Ryu. Yeah. But I, I think he's he's supposed to be back any day now too, I think. I don't necessarily like the answer, but if I had to pick today, I'm picking Ryu. Yeah. And if he comes back and he's still hot, I think it's his. Yeah, oh yeah. Rookie of the year. This is tough too, man. Who's the AL rookie of the year? We'll, we'll pick our we'll pick our rookie of the years. Then we're gonna dive into this a little bit more because there's a lot here. You know, AL is a lot easier, I think, to pick, mm-hmm. or it's not as jam packed. How about that? It's yeah. not as jam packed as the NL. Um, it was Nate Lowe for a long time. Yeah, when but you're not. Alvarez is like insane. Hitting in the 340s. He's got 13 awards. He's got almost 50 RBIs already. Got called up in June. Yeah. He's on my fantasy team. So, you know, I like that. I like that production. <laughs> I knew I knew right away when the Astros called him up that this was going to be a guy that I had to pick up. And I'm like, yeah. 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 So, I think I, I'm going to give it to Jordan in the AL. Mm-hmm. And... In the NL, listen, not just saying it because I'm a Met fan, but I got to give it to Pete Alonso. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Fernando Tatis is having a great year in San Diego, but I do not like that he missed a month. Mm-hmm. That, and Pete Alonso has been there all season. He won the home run derby. Yeah, it's he's, probably his. He's already at 38 home runs. He's, he has more home runs at this point than Judge did when Judge broke the record. Right, and Judge won Rookie of the Year that year. Yeah. So, so like, I think it's Pete Alonzo all the way. Like, don't get me wrong, Tatis is having a great year. Mm-hmm. But, like, he missed a month, which that right there kills me in my support for him. But he's having a great year, though. If he hadn't missed a month, I think the race would be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Also, here's a question. We didn't mention this. I don't think so, and I can't get behind it. But did Bo Bichette come up too late? to be considered Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, he's only played 10 games. Right. That's right. too small of a sample size. But I know for a fact, when you think AO Rookie of the Year, you're going to think of Bo Bichette. Um... But he, he obviously can't win, hasn't played enough. Yordan has been more consistent, played more games, a lot more games. Mm-hmm. But you're like, man... Paul Bichette, he had a great, great start so far, you know? Yeah. I, I get that. I, he, Yeah, no, he's not going to have enough. He's going to have m- more service time next year, so he won't be a rookie next year. Unless he gets hurt or something, but... Here's a question. Soroka's mm. a rookie, right? I believe so. I don't... I'm not 100. I know he pitched last year. I don't know if he qualifies as a rookie though. Okay. If he does, does he possibly win rookie of the year? I I think he'd get votes, but I just think that with what Pete Alonso has been doing, it's yeah. hard to I think it's hard to take away from him at this point. I agree. Yeah. And you know you know what's also crazy? Do they have the comeback player of the year? Yeah, there's there's an award for that. All right, so obviously AL. Hunter Pence. 
Hunter Pence. <laughs> Hunter Pence. There, there's a couple names that have to come in mind here because, like, Gio Urshela? Well, what did he come back from? Nothing. Right, Gio just but, wasn't good, you know? I know. Maybe not come back, but, like, it's crazy that he's putting up this. And, like, same thing with the NL and Jeff McNeil. Well, that's not comeback player of the year, though. Right, no. So maybe not come. I think Eno would be Donaldson, too. But, um. Yeah, I'd give it to Donaldson. I'd give it to no, Donaldson. You know what I'm saying? Jeff McDeal, Gio Rochella. I mean, McNeil. They're having amazing years, man. McNeil will probably. Not probably. He's in. He could win the batting title. Yeah. I don't know. You, you can get Gio, like, a good job trophy, I guess. I mean. <laughs> Uh, you can't really get him an award. No. But, like, they're they're doing amazing for really not doing well to, like, begin their careers, you know? I want to bring this up, though, because I did mention this to you. But um, if Jeff McNeil and DJ both win a bang title, it's going to be the first time since, like, 1930-something that, that the, both bang titles go to the same city. Yeah, that's really cool. That's going to be really cool. And but anyway, honest, I could see it happening, too. Like, completely see it happening. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, back to this rookie talk. This year, I think it's one of the biggest years we've seen for, like, rookies just coming up and going off. For sure. So, who becomes the best rookie in their prime and why? It's tough. You know, honestly, mm. it is tough. Tatis. Yes. All around, it's going to be Tatis. Mm-hmm. He's going to be another version of a Machado, I think. Yep. And it helps that he plays with Machado. <laughs> so it works. It works. And but we saw that stat yesterday in his yeah. first 100 hits, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent that to you yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's doing better than A-Rod did, Garcia Parra did, and Jeter did. Yeah. So, but like, when when Tatis is at his peak, when he's 26, 27, give me what you think his stat line is going to be. Uh, that's tough. Does he have a 40 home run season? Uh, that's tough. I, here's I think my... he has a 30 home run season. Yes. In if my he's head, healthy? Hmm. Hmm. You know, in my head, my stat line for him, for like his prime, 320, 36, 110. Yep. In my head, that's how I think it's going to go. Bunch of stolen bases, too. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say like 25. Yeah. He's going to be a very good player. He's got to be a keeper. Whoever ha- Who has him in our league? No idea. That's a great – wow. Let me look that up. I bet it's Marty. <laughs> but, you know, let's keep doing this. I'll, let's rattle off a couple more players. What about Jordan? What's Jordan going to do in his prime? What's a stat line for Jordan? In his prime? Yeah. What's his stat line going to be? Does he hit 50 home runs? Um, I think it, he could be close to doing that. That right field in Houston's not that big, so I think it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, thinking, three oh five, 
batting average. 41 home runs, 110 RBIs. Yeah, I can see that. How about Pete Alonso in his prime? See. I think he hit. See, here's a question, okay? Okay. One, do you see a lot of similarities between Pete Alonzo and Aaron Judge? Um, yes and no. But do you know who Pete Alonzo does remind me of, though? Who? Mark McGuire. Okay. From a power standpoint, like right-handed power first baseman standpoint. And like... Mm-hmm. I'm not like saying Pete Alonso's on steroids. I'm not saying that, but like just the build is it's very reminiscent of like an early Mark McGuire in Oakland. But to get back to your question about Judge, I do see some similarities. I think okay. Pause. Pause. Not gonna lie, for the last like five seconds, you just roboted out on our crappy Wi-Fi. So what does that mean? I didn't hear one word you just said. <laughs> All right, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. Okay. So Pete Alonzo, I mentioned that he was, he's like a Mark McGuire. Yeah. That same body type. But, you know, to get to the point about him and Judge, there are a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, both of them have very legit power. I, I think agree. that, you know, from a, personality standpoint and like a guy that can fire a team up i'm giving it to alonzo yeah Honestly, he, he gets really hyped up man he does but his reaction last night when uh when uh todd frazier went yard did you see what pete alonzo said during post game no chance so he ripped off michael conforto's jersey and he uh-huh. said he said I didn't know what to do. I got excited, so I ripped off his jersey. Like, he literally <laughs> ripped it. Like, there's a photo of the jersey I saw this morning. It's, like, ripped. He's <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do, so I got excited and ripped the jersey. <laughs> but, you know, I think if you're looking for someone to fire team up, it's Alonzo. But I for think sure. from a playing standpoint, if you want defense, you're going to take Aaron Judge. Yeah. Oh, so, like, d- it, it's he's a great defender. Depend- yeah, and a lot. Alon- here's the thing: Alonzo's a nice defender, but he's not flashy. You know. Yeah, yeah. He does good. He's a good first baseman, but he's not going to win a Gold Glove, I don't think. Mm-hmm. He's not that good. He serves his purpose. But yeah, no, Alonzo in his prime though. Here's my stat line for Alonzo: two seventy-five, because he's not going to be a guy that hits for average. Yeah. Two seventy-five. Forty-four. And 115. 44. Yes. His power is legit. You don't think he touches 50? Oh, he'll touch 50 at some point, but I think in his prime, he'll average around 44. Like, these are just averages I'm pulling out right now. Okay. So, I mean, there's going to be a season where he does hit 50, I think. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things with the with the future of baseball, I think. Oh, I agree. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know about you, Will, but uh, I think we covered a lot of ground today. 
We did. That was really good. That was that was very good. So yeah. That'll, that'll be it. I if got a you, lot of stuff to do today. If you enjoyed this pod, let us know. Um, leave a review on Apple, or just let us know on Instagram. Plug the Instagram at the Oni Boys. Yes. Let us know through there, and yeah, just. We, we appreciate you guys listening as always. Will, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Oh, that's it. Yeah. So hey, we'll, one more episode over the crappy Wi-Fi. That'll, that will be our next episode, which will be coming at you next week. So expect that then. And yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be catching up with you guys then. Yeah. I see All you guys right. in the next one. Later, skaters. <laughs>